Here we are after a crazy week three in the college football season, the Matt Berry show here on the ESPN college football YouTube channel, our Sunday recap, where we break down everything that we saw the great Paul Feinbaum each and every Sunday here with me. And Paul, I know that the thing that everyone wants to do is start with Colorado because they continue to be the greatest story in sports. We will get to that first, but I want to start in your wheelhouse because I'm about to say something that we haven't said Oh, I don't know. In about 17 years, Alabama has a problem. And by have a problem, I'm going to say three things. One, they've trotted out three quarterbacks, can't find one they like. Their offensive line has issues, and they needed a late interception to get out of Tampa alive. Man, I agree. Um, I, I think right now, uh, you, you have to say that the Tommy Reese hire has been a complete and total failure. Uh, I mean, what Tommy Reese is doing is, is coaching malpractice. I, I've never seen anything like it. And I know we're, I realize Nick Saban is there uh, and I'm, I'm not trying to deflect the blame from him, but Reese is the offensive coordinator and he is in charge of that offense. And there's not, there's not much you can do about the offensive line other than find a quarterback that can, mask the problems and, and he had that quarterback as, as much as we can criticize Jalen Milrow and say well Jalen Milrow may not be able to get Alabama to a national championship I don't think that's the issue any longer I, I think it's uh, salvaging this season and you know without injury the idea that we were that we, we had we have seen three quarterbacks in a very quick uh, two-week period is unprecedented uh, and it's quite frankly embarrassing uh, and because that means that the coaching staff, you know, completely has misfired. Uh, and, you know, there is no easy solution when, when you make as many mistakes as they have, uh, but they better find something pretty quickly because they go up against a, a dynamic offense and a, a pretty good defense this week. So I was stunned that they didn't have a package for Milrow at all yesterday at all. Like, yeah. Hey, Reese, come up with 15 ball plays in a game where you couldn't do anything and weather that sucked to get the guy that's more athletic exactly. to come out exactly. there. I have a theory and this is complete speculation in a theory. My theory is that Saban went with Buckner because he was, he came with the offensive coordinator and it was like, all right, well, this is your offense. This is your quarterback. We're going to give it a shot. My theory is that he's completely already moved on from both. Like, hey, man, your your quarterback's not seeing the field again. All right, so he's out. And then Ty Simpson didn't look I, – I just can't figure out what they were doing with the fact that you've got a guy that you at least know is athletic. Like, help me understand this. Well, no, uh, Matt, there is no easy way to understand it. Um, I mean, I have I have friends that are calling for the fourth-string quarterback who's a, a promising freshman. I mean, that's how ridiculous this is. But, but I mean, I sat with Nick Saban in Nashville, and I have never heard a guy profess more love for a coach than he did for Tommy Reese. And I, I mean, I, I'm not going to get too deep into the psychological uh, world, but I mean, he, he really believed him. He saw something in this guy. Uh, and and I, I don't know what Nick Saban really see, you know, saw in him. Uh, because, I mean, I, I've seen the same quarterback. Uh, I mean, I'm, I, he saw much more Buckner than we did. And I agree with you. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm telling Buckner, go find another school. Uh, I can't take a chance on you again. 
and you know, the only thing I, I, I could theorize is that Milrow handled his uh, demotion poorly and Saban was sending a message. But what, what he really has to worry about now, Matt, is that locker room. Uh, you know it, and, and everyone watching and listening knows it. The players look to a quarterback. That's the leader. And now you have just completely made a disaster out of the most important position. Uh, and this is two weeks after everyone, including uh, including us, we, we were praising Milrow after one week. So, uh, I mean, he, he didn't become the greatest coach of all time by accident. Uh, and, and the clock is is ticking for him to save the season. And and what really is even more disturbing to some of my friends who who watch these things is that Saban, Matt, you know, he, he kind of looks like a grandfather that is uh, – at his, at, his, at his grandson's little league uh, games and the, you know the guy drops a pop fly and costs him the uh, the division and he walks up and hugs him and says I'm proud of you guys I mean that's exactly what he said after the game I'm, I'm proud of the way they fought back other than the fact that it was the worst uh, performance Alabama has had in a win yeah in 17 years uh I mean people were comparing it to the the 2007 lost to Louisiana Monroe. I mean, that's how, that's the context of how bad this was for Alabama. Yeah. And you wonder if they're going to be able to flip that Alabama switch now that they're going to get heavily into conference and Ole Miss coming up next. That's going to be one to watch because if you're asking me to compare these two teams, Ole Miss looks, I mean, they've got their quarterback and Jackson Dart, they've got their stuff figured out. And, you know, I, I just don't, I didn't think we'd say, I mean, this is a guy who said this on college football final at some point during television yesterday. This is a coach at a school coming off to a tongue of Iloa first round pick Mac Jones, first round pick Bryce young, number one, number one, overall pick. And now yeah. you've got, you've got three yeah, guys Jalen hurts on the front end of that. Yeah, exactly. So who knows with Alabama, but what I know about the tide is you're about to figure it out real, real quick. And I can't believe I'm about to say this, but. You, you take this wherever you want, but I'm just going to give you an umbrella of stuff between how Florida just absolutely beat the hell out of Tennessee at the swamp between Georgia having struggled to get South Carolina out of their way, having Arkansas lose it home to BYU, who's slightly above average to Texas A&M already having a loss to LSU looking really good against Mississippi state, but already losing to Florida state. We just discussed Alabama, Paul. I don't know that the sec is in the top two or three of conferences in college football right now. I just don't. And uh, when, when Vanderbilt lost to UNLV, uh, the school tweeted out, it just means more. Um, yeah. It's, I, I mean, I've, I have tried to uh, not to overreact to this, but 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 at this point, we we have a good sample. Uh, we're no longer week one, week two. We have three weeks, and and this is this is a, a serious trend line. Uh, I think the Georgia thing is a little perplexing, and and I, I think that's what happens when you just you just fall asleep the first two weeks, and then you look you look at the you look at the line on your phone, and you go, okay, well we're we're, we're supposed to beat this team badly, and. Uh, I mean, they, they I, I believe Georgia will, will recover pretty well from this. But after that, uh, thank goodness for Missouri. Uh, and by the way, can you imagine if assuming we ever got to Missouri, had they had it lost to Kansas State, the, the clock management 
Uh, oh. of Eli Drinkwitz would have been one of the biggest topics in college football. He got bailed out by a 61-yard field goal, which would have made this even worse. By the way, the, le- the less miles is strong in him, by the way. Yeah, I mean, I I, <laughs> I, I, I need to walk gingerly uh, here, uh, Matt, because you know, my main job is promoting the Southeastern Conference and how great the football is, and and I cannot be party to uh, any of you, uh, you know, Easterners trying to get me to uh, agree with anything you say. Yeah, well, look, I'm a born and raised Pac-12er, so at least I can brag on that conference for a minute. But I mean, I was sitting there, we were sitting there yesterday and we were trying to get someone to tell, like, what's the SEC done thus far to make you think top to bottom? Because Tennessee going into yesterday was the 11th ranked team in the country. I have never seen an 11th ranked team in the country make more boneheaded plays, although the officials did get him a couple times towards the end. But nonetheless, they got out physical by Florida. They got outsmarted by Florida. That's not the 11th best team in the country. Yeah, I, I, th- I believe that was Tennessee's third loss in its last five SEC games. And, you know, this remember the South Carolina game last year. And, uh, I mean, this stuff is starting uh, – I mean, you, ha- you have to be a little, not a little uh, seriously concerned if you're a Tennessee fan because – I sat with uh, some some of the experts yesterday, and they told me, and, and I agree. Hey, Joe Milton, he, he'll be fine. Well, he wasn't fine, uh, and you know, I'll say this about Billy Napier: uh, that that was as big a win as I have seen in a long time because he was really starting uh, to come under fire uh, after the Utah game, and you know, now everyone has calmed down, and 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 good for him because uh, you know his. his his outlook and his stock changed overnight. So uh, credit him with uh, a, a an incredibly significant win. Yeah, you need if you're a new coach and you're in year two, it's cliche to say, but you need that statement win, or you need that one win that allows people to believe in the foundation <clears throat> foundation of what you're trying to build. And he got that against Tennessee, and he did so in convincing fashion. And so now, when you look at the SEC East. I mean, Kentucky got their win against Akron, but it's Akron. I think it was 35-3. to So in the East, you have Georgia, Tennessee. I I don't know that we can consider them serious anymore. Florida, we'll find out what happens there at the cocktail party. And then Kentucky. But this thing's kind of shaping out now as we thought it would in the beginning of the season. It's Georgia and everybody else. And then in the West, I had commented earlier that now on this Sunday morning, what the 17th, you could argue LSU might be the best team in the league again. I, I think you have to, uh, but, but I think certainly in the West um, I, I'll I'm, I'm holding on on Georgia, but uh, yeah, there were just so many other, uh, the, the good thing about the West uh, is that, you know, the conference losses haven't happened yet. Meaning right. uh, A&M's loss, LSU's loss, e- even Arkansas's loss, but, but Arkansas will take care of itself. They have, they have LSU and, a and M uh, and Alabama here in a row, but but it, it is a confusing league. And and by the way, hey, the critics can go have at it. I mean, so what? Uh, I mean, the SEC has been uh, at the epicenter of college football for so long, and uh, you, you can't mask this any longer. You can't say, "Well, that was just one weekend. This is three weekends now." Let's trot out West two thirty a.m. Eastern, Colorado, Colorado State. I think for the first quarter. Uh, this game was embarrassing to both schools. It got out of hand. It was chippy, which I get, but it just looked bad. The first quarter was absolutely embarrassing to both teams. 
The hype was there. The celebrities were there. And it just, it was bad to start, Paul. It is, and, and but this is what happens when uh, you know when that when the when the world of celebrity that uh, twenty years ago hung out at Southern Cal games and then moved in primarily to other venues, uh, it, it looked like uh, a Lakers final, <laughs> you know, from Little Wayne to the Rock. I mean, I you know where was Jack Nicholson? Um, I mean, it was just amazing. Uh, but 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 my argument, Matt, is that has to be a distraction. This is, I mean, if you're if you're if you're Deion Sanders, I mean, you you have to be almost as tired as you are right now. Uh, I mean, it, it is just you know, I mean, and when 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 the Stephen A. Smiths and the Shannons and and the Little Waynes and and all these guys show up, it's not like you know you got. I mean, you they have to be entertained. Because you know they're all flying in on on private planes and they, they all want to hang with Dion and and and, and there's so many interviews to, to go along. I mean, can you imagine uh, other coaches doing what what he has gone through? So you you expected that last night, but but he better get real and he better uh, you know Dion ought to you know say okay let's 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 start getting back to football now that we have two uh, top ten teams ahead. I think that it helps Oregon. Now look, they they beat TCU convincingly. They beat Nebraska convincingly. They were down 28-17 late last night. We all thought that the run was over because it, it just looked like Colorado State was going to finish that off. But give credit to Shador in Colorado minus Travis Hunter. They come back 92 yards, tie it, two-point conversion, double overtime win. They won the football game. But I think it's going to help them now to get away from Boulder for a week, right. to go to Oregon, because now, as good as this story's been through the first month of the season, it's go time now because you've got Oregon and you've got USC in successive weeks, and you're going to learn real quickly. I know Travis Hunter's going to miss some time, but now it's – look, as good as Dion's been for marketing the sport, and it's been brilliant for college football, if you'd have told me a decade ago Colorado would be the epicenter of not college football yeah. but sports, I'd have laughed at you. It's It's football time now. Because you're getting into the meat of a schedule of a conference that's got eight ranked teams, Colorado being one of them. Yeah, I mean, any of this would have been, been I mean, but the idea that Dion has has been the, at the upper center of the sport for three weeks, and Nick Saban looks really old uh, and, and clueless at times is, is is downright shocking. But yeah, I I do think overall for for all the curmudgeons out there who are rooting against Dion. This is one of the greatest things that this is one of the greatest things that have happened to college football in a long time. It needed an infusion. It needed some new life. And uh, that's exactly what he has brought. And during that, I mean, when everyone thought this thing was going to end, we, you know, we were sitting on set in Colorado state. They, uh, Dion just kicked, they just kicked the field goal to make it 28, 20. We're sitting on the set and Colorado State just moving down the field. We can't leave until this game's over because we need we need post-game sound. And we all look at each other. We're like, what's going to happen? I said, well, you know what's going to happen. It's going to go to overtime. That's just how this thing is going to go. And little by little. But Colorado State, I've never seen a team steal defeat from the jaws of victory in my life as dumb as they were at the end. Um, but then just to watch Colorado State or Colorado come down the field and Shador, it's like, they're going to do this, aren't they? And – this storybook ride could have ended last night because if you lose to, to Colorado State and then you're doing Oregon and then you're doing USC, like, all right, two and three, remember when they were two and oh, but here we are waking up on a Sunday and they will not let this thing go away. No, 
for the fourth week in a row. They are they are the biggest game in the country. Uh, and I was out what would have been the biggest game in the country last week. And it I mean, it felt great, but it, it was still in the shadow of Dion. I mean, I'm uh, well, you're trying to recover for, or just barely get home. And I'm watching the uh, I'm watching Sports Center come on at seven o'clock uh, every Sunday morning. And it's just, it's it's the same story. Colorado. And did I read like I thought 60 minutes was there this week? Yeah. Like who I mean, think about and here's what I'll say. He's the most brilliant marketer in college sports history. He's not the head coach that's paranoid saying no to interview requests. Yeah. I mean, by the end of next week, every network television is gonna have a sit-down with him prior to them going to Oregon because he continues to defy anything we thought we knew about how coaches should act and build a program. And, he, and he's so good at it. I mean, he, he's, he's fun. Uh, he is, uh, yeah, I mean, there are very few people uh, in sports that can bring everyone in. And, you know, I'm, I'm tired of using Tiger, but Tiger is probably the, that standalone individual yeah. that had, that did more for his sport than anyone else because it was an individual sport. But, but even in team sports, there's, there's a, rarely, there's occasionally that one guy, but, but, but Deion Sanders has, I mean, college football has literally never had anything like it. I mean, there have been moments, there have been, there have been singular athletes who are polarizing Tebow, Johnny Manziel, uh, Reggie Bush, but nothing like this. I mean, we are, we, we are living and you are, uh, you know, anchoring through, uh, you know, a seminal moment in the, in the history of college football, just when everyone thought, Hey, next year is the year it, it is right now. It's right now in, in Boulder, Colorado last night looked like the U in its heyday, and that's all you need to know. Week three is done. Week four has got so many matchups we're looking forward to. Cannot wait from a week from today to find out what happens in Ole Miss, Alabama. That's going to be a big one. Ohio State, Notre Dame. We are going to start getting clarity on this college football picture as we march into the back half of September. For Paul Feinbaum, I'm Matt Barry. We appreciate you watching the recap here on the Matt Barry Show on the ESPN College Football YouTube channel.